Today on a dictionary of finance from the European Investment Bank, Jamie Foxx plays a taxi driver. Tom Cruise gets into the cab. Soon we learn that Cruise is a hitman, and only Jamie Foxx can stop him taking his killing spree all the way to its fatal conclusion. Yeah, that's great. But what does this have to do with the dictionary of finance? The movie is called Collateral. On this episode of the podcast, we're talking about collateral. Ah, uh, but it's not that kind of collateral. I, I saw that movie. I couldn't even see why it was called collateral. I guess it's just kind of an exciting thriller-type word, like inception or predator. But it was nominated for a couple of Oscars. Could you use an Oscar as collateral? Actually, you might be able to, in certain circumstances. But hey, uh, let's let's change the story of the movie to suit our actual podcast. Okay. Uh, so uh, this would be something like: Jamie Fox drives a cab. Tom Cruise gets into the cab. Let me borrow the cab, says Cruise, and I'll give you this suitcase full of short-term commercial paper until I return the cab to you. Okay, says Fox. I'll accept that collateral. Cruise stares him down. But I get to retain beneficial ownership, he says. Ooh, yeah, that's very exciting. But wait, do we have a real-life hitman on the show? Uh, no. Our exper- expert today works in the Treasury Department at the European Investment Bank. That sounds a bit dangerous, but it's a relief anyway to know that he's not going to kill us. Let's do the podcast then. This week on a Dictionary of Finance podcast from the European Investment Bank, Collateral. So we're joined by an expert on this uh, from the bank's Treasury Department, Peter Balas, uh, who also, when he's not managing collateral, uh, likes to get up very early in the morning and go on a secret mission into his garden. What's this all about? What do you do, Peter? Indeed, I quite uh, find the pleasure in gardening and uh, works around the house. And At 6 a.m.? So that's the way I can organize my day because uh, all kids are sleeping and my wife as well, so I'm, I'm free to work in the garden. Otherwise, in the evening when I come from work, I like spending time with them. Well, when, when people, normal people, talk about collateral, they think about their house as a sort of a collateral for a, for a mortgage. But what's, you know, if, if um, for a bank, for a bank of the size of the European Investment Bank, for example, uh, what kind of collateral are we talking about? What, what shape or form does it take? And why, why, do, we, why do we need it? So collateral indeed can, form, uh, can be another, uh, any asset that has a value, that can keep some value, and it's used then to secure a loan or a claim, mm-hmm. maybe um, in a different form than a loan. Uh, so we're speaking of, uh, of, of EIB, usually we wouldn't take a mortgage collateral, but banks do take house as houses as collateral as well. In EIB terms, it would be uh, mostly uh, financial assets. So, so uh, I, let's, let's split that into two. So first of all, when we give out a loan to a company in Europe, let's say, let's say we give out a, a 100 million euro loan, we might ask that company for some kind of collateral to, to, to cover that loan. Is that, is that right? That's correct. Collateral is actually a tool to establish uh, good trust between the, the lender and the borrower. 
So for the cases uh, that someone would not be able to redeem, you, you ask for, for some asset to be given to you in a certain form to, to secure that loan. So in EIB case, when we will be, for example, lending um, to, to beneficiaries, we might ask them to give us such an asset depending on their credit standing. So that they, if they don't pay it back, the bank gets the collateral that gets Indeed, that thing? Um, the bank can take the collateral. Um, in certain cases, then uh, the bank can also sell it in the market. And then uh, the bank would take the cash, uh, use the cash to re- uh, pay back the loan. And if there would be anything remaining, uh, the bank would return it to uh, to the borrower. So in the case uh, of the um, of a bank like DIB, and if we have, let's say, a 100, 100 million euro loan, there aren't so many 100 million euro houses on the market that we could have as a collateral so like you said it would be a, a financial asset typically that we would ask for what what kind of an asset are we talking about what 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 are we talking about here so it could be for example bonds or commercial papers uh, it could be stock although it's rare in our case but banks would also take stock as collateral it could um, also be uh, cash Sometimes you would borrow in one currency and provide other currencies collateral, sometimes on a temporary basis, even the same currency of collateral, and would later swap it for a different type of collateral. Some of our listeners might not know what commercial paper is. So commercial paper is um, a debt instrument. It's something like a bond, a promise uh, to pay back um, some cash at a future date. But in case of commercial paper, this would be a short-term instrument. So it's uh, usually up to one year. Very, very exceptionally, it goes beyond one year as well. Uh-huh. But but sometimes do companies provide actual collateral in uh, intangible assets as well, or or is it always on paper? Is it virtual, or or is it also also sometimes? I don't know. I mean, companies have. Uh, some some companies have factories, machinery, things like that. Do they also give that as collateral? Yes, that can also serve as collateral as long as it can keep value. Although um, the, in, in the school you could hear that uh, probably it's not a good idea to take collateral which has uh, wheels or legs because it could disappear. <laughs> Uh, but sometimes um, back take also that that kind of collateral. So, for example, in in uh, earlier this year in 2017, uh, there were news that um, in in Zimbabwe the uh, the the ruling party was proposing that uh, the banks and I understood also that the central bank could take uh, cattle as collateral. Cattle. Wow. But let's say you have a a big loan. Okay, so I'm a company and I'm going to get a loan from the bank. Okay, so I need that money to do something with it. That's why I've taken the loan. But then the bank wants me to give something to them. Doesn't that sound like, well, why, if, I, if I have something to give to you, why would I need the loan? So you always would have an option to take what you have and sell it in the market and take the cash and do what you want. But, but sometimes it, it, you want to keep uh, the exposure to, to that uh, economic asset. For example, when you buy a bond... You want still to see uh, the return on the bond to to uh, benefit from uh, the investment in it. I so see. you would take the bond, for example, you purchase with your own cash, and you would 
pledged that one as collateral, you would get cash, and with that cash, uh, you will do other economic activity. Mm-hmm. So you don't actually lose the asset. You're just putting it up to say, if everything goes wrong, you get this. But in the meantime, you have it or I have it? Indeed. So the, the collateral provider uh, keeps what they call beneficial ownership of the assets. So um, as a rule, every time when the collateral is provided, uh, the, the lender needs to return back the proceeds uh, resulting from that asset, Once the usually once the uh, loan is paid back. Sometimes you return deposits also during the uh, during the existence of the loan. So that's called beneficial ownership because with this activity you simulate as though the pledger would still keep uh, ownership of that collateral. But it depends. There are various forms how to provide collateral. Sometimes you can provide the collateral also by delivering the legal ownership mm. to the collateral, but you would still keep the beneficial ownership. Okay. You would still try to get all the proceeds. Is there a, a rough percentage of... of in the market that let's say you have a you know a 1 million euro loan the collateral should be valued at i know 5% of that 10% of that but where do you set the value of the collateral that depends very much on the arrangement between the lender and borrower so um for example if the trust is relatively good that they would be paid back uh, the lender may even decide to take collateral for a fraction of the loan but frequently, the opposite happens. So uh, the lender of cash would ask, actually, for more collateral, more value of the collateral than the cash lended. For mm-hmm. the, because something can happen to the asset. The value can drop. Like, for example, we spoke of the cattle. Mm-hmm. Cattle can die. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's risk with it. And there is risk also with financial assets. There is risk with houses. They can burn down. So sometimes... Uh, for example, in mortgages, the banks would lend less cash than what is the value of the uh, securing collateral. Mm. And when something, you mentioned they're securing collateral, when, when there's a loan that has collateral involved, is that called a secured loan? And when there's not, it's unsecured? Is yes, that, that would be the usual language used. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, and, and that changes the interest rate, for example, that would be, if it's unsecured... Yes you'd have to be paying a higher interest rate. There are two things to mention here. First, that collateral is only one of the ways how to secure a loan. Mm -hmm. So you give an asset something of value to to the lender, but Mm -hmm. you could also ask your wife, for example, to co-sign the loan agreement, or you can bring in a guarantor. So there are other ways also how loan can be secured. Usually secured, secured loans would be less expensive for the borrower, uh, than unsecured loans because there is less risk linked to them and the lender would ask for less remuneration. And it's also the same for, for corporate loans. So so also for corporations, when they take out a loan which is much uh, larger than what you know consumers are used to with their mortgages, uh, they can also secure their loan uh, both by providing a, an asset or also having a, someone guarantee uh, that loan or, in addition to themselves, so that maybe their their uh, parent company, for example, is that right? That's correct. Okay. And anyone can see it also in consumer finance. A mortgage loan would be usually cheaper for, than than a consumer loan for the same tenor. Usually, they are not for the same tenor, but if they would be for the same tenor, they would be cheaper. And mm-hmm. in in the last couple of decades, financial markets have worked out how to trade pretty much everything. Can you trade the collateral that someone puts up? Can you buy it and sell it? 
So collateral you can indeed uh, reuse. So technically you can even take a collateral which, which was delivered to a lender and reuse it. There are some legal rules for that under what circumstances this can be done. Yes, you could eventually take it, sell it, take, take the cash, but at the maturity of the original loan, you always have to be able to return the collateral back unless you agreed something mm -hmm. else with the mm -hmm. ledger. What's that called when you do that? It's called reuse or rehypothecation. Rehypothecation. I'll call it reuse, shall we? No, <laughs> rehypothecation, because a hypothecation is, is mortgage, mortgaging. Uh, is that the word? In, indeed, um, some people differentiate between these two terms. They would call rehypothecation when you would reuse a pledged asset. So you would take a pledged asset and repledge it. If you would take an asset where you got the legal ownership and you reuse it afterwards, people would call it reuse, but other people don't differentiate. Sometimes um, people use the same oh, term. So a pledged asset would be where I'm, I've taken the loan and I have said, this is the collateral that I'm putting up, but I haven't actually given it to you. Is that uh, you could even give it to me, but you would keep the legal ownership of the asset. So it could be, for example, a car which would be stored in my garage. Uh-huh. But the car would still belong to you, and I could only sell it if uh, you don't uh, pay back the loan. Hmm. Hmm. But now coming to the, the, other, the other side, so we've talked about uh, lending and the collateral that banks ask. When, when we raise money from on, on the borrowing side, are we also, you know, if a bank um, borrows money, are we also expected to put up collateral for for those uh, for that money EIB historically didn't need to provide collateral because um, EIB is AAA rated mm -hmm. entity and always um, had an excellent uh, access to the financial markets um, however the situation changed um, after 2009 uh, the entire market shifted more towards secured uh, finance so uh, banks would have now different credit limits for secured and unsecured lending. So there is different depth of the market for unsecured business and for secured business. And nowadays, if you would be would need to be ready for the case when, for example, there will be stress in the markets or, or problem, problems in the market, then it's always good to be equipped to fund yourself also in secured market, even when you are a AAA issuer. Mm -hmm. So how would we do it? What kind of assets... Could a bank uh, put up to secure uh, secured funding? Would we reuse rehypotech? Hype? Oh, I can't say that word. Could we reuse the assets that have been pledged to us by our borrowers? So EIB would have a big pool of assets we could uh, reuse uh, in in the secure markets. It could be indeed the collateral provided by borrowers. If it was pledged, we would need a um, clear consent of of uh, the pledger that we can reuse it. It mm -hmm. would need to be express, mm -hmm. expressive. Um, then uh, we also get, for example, swap collateral. We could uh, reuse that collateral. We get collateral in form of repurchase operations for the treasury operations that we also get collateral. And we have our proprietary bonds within uh, treasury investment activities. And we also have so-called loan substitutes. These are also provided within lending activity. 
uh, cash provided with lending activity in form of purchasing bonds. So these are all assets we could uh, reuse uh, in the market to fund ourselves in the case. We could use swap collateral. What's swap collateral? So swap collateral um, is the term we use for collateral which is, deliver, uh, which is delivered to cover the exposures we get under derivatives we enter mm-hmm. into with the markets. Hmm. You mentioned that the banks changed their attitude to collateral in 2009. What happened in 2009? It's in two, 2009, um, there was the bankruptcy of Lehman. And uh, while before there was very tiny difference between uh, secured and unsecured lending, for example, in the interbank market, it was rather stable. Uh, everybody became much more aware of collateral and of, of its value to uh, to reduce the, the risk. And afterwards, uh, basically, the, the spread, we call it spread, the difference between unsecured and secured lending uh, increased and also start, it started varying more. It became uh, less stable. And uh, that was because... Uh, Banks uh, and also the general population became much more aware of the financial risks. So, for example, at that stage, I was um, finishing my business school and I was applying um, for a job in the area of collateral management because somehow I could see or feel that there there are things changing in the area, which I found quite interesting. At that stage, when I went to ask uh, one of my professors to give me some reading about collateral, I was told that it's not the center of interest of academic uh, community. Mm. So I didn't get a lot of recommended reading. Nowadays, uh, you can find many articles, many studies about collateral. What also changed after 2009 is people realized that it doesn't have only risk mitigation uh, function, but also a liquidity function. So, uh, for example, as we discussed, uh, within reuse, when the lender gets the collateral, Mm -hmm. he can take the collateral and use it to refinance himself. Mm -hmm. So there is also this liquidity value uh, in the collateral, which has become very important also for for EIB. You mentioned uh, repurchase. Is that the same thing as repo, the repo Yes, repurchase operational repos. uh, It's actually... abbreviation um, uh, are, are transactions usually between banks where you would buy a bond now and sell it back later. So, uh, for example, when you buy it now, you would give cash for the bond and you would ca- get the cash back later. And usually the difference between the prices would be equal to an interest rate, uh, you know, to interest, which you would like to see uh, accrued on, on the loan. Uh-huh. And it's called a repurchase operation. Ah, so you're you're not a repo man. That's it. <laughs> One of my favorite films. You know, I recommend that. But that's cars. Okay, but what about central banks? Do they have a role to play in, in collateral uh, and collateral management? For very long time, uh, collateral management would be an essential part of a central bank uh, activity. Mm. Because uh, the, the rationale or the, the role of a central bank is to manage... Uh, the the, ca- uh, the the money in the market, mon- monetary aggregates to ensure that well, there is enough oil in the mo- in the engine to to make it work, and their role is not to take credit risk on the markets. 
Mm -hmm. So historically, the central banks were always very prudent and were always getting collateral for their monetary operations. So if a central bank would be issuing um, a currency and giving it to the banks for, to, to see it further land on, uh, central banks would always ask for collateral. From those banks? From those banks. Mm. Uh, and these would be uh, typically uh, financial assets as well. And we spoke of uh, EIB in the history not needing uh, to not not needing to deliver collateral itself. When we became member of the euro system, mm -hmm. we had to start providing collateral for cash cash given to EIB from the central bank, like any other bank. And there, it is uh, indeed required to be able to manage collateral as well. The mm. euro system doesn't just mean being part of the the eurozone what's the euro system euro system it's um uh, the uh, it's it's um all the central banks together uh acting together to to manage uh, uh the the currency as as you look ahead with with this very often when you when you look at a financial market you can see it's really developing pretty fast and it's going in a lot of different directions do you what, what do you think collateral Management and the the markets around it are going to be like in five years' time. Do the, are these is this a place where if you're a student now you should get into it because it's just becoming huge and it's exploding. The same kind of feel that you had in two thousand and nine. We've observed uh, financial system becoming more uh, risk aware and taking collateral. Definitely, there was shift towards collateral, but I don't expect it to continue growing at at the same pace. But I still insist that it would be more inherent part of, of the financial system uh, than in the past. Now, in the long run, who knows, because people tend to have short memories. So once they settle and everything goes smoothly again, maybe uh, we will, well, financial system will settle down as well and we will be less conservative um, in the future. But so far we have observed in many areas that the collateral has uh, become more important. For example, settlement systems start to take collateral. We start collateralizing intraday exposures, so um, cash flows within within the day. So it's becoming um, uh, part of uh, of infrastructure of the financial system. Well, it seems like it's it's interesting that it seems like uh, the the less trust there is, the more need for collateral there there is uh, on the market. Like you you said that in, even for intraday operations, people have. Uh, uh, don't have enough trust in in their partners to uh, even lend for a day without uh, yeah. without getting uh, something uh, an asset in in return. So I don't know if we should be hoping for for the financial system to have more trust in the future or or more more collateral in the future. So if you're one of the million members of the financial system and you are using the same services of the same service provider. You don't want him to go bust because you might use your assets. So actually, you as a member of a system always welcome when everybody else has to provide collateral. You welcome it a bit less when you have to provide the financial collateral. Mm. <laughs> but, but these exposures can be huge. For example, intraday payments uh, of an institution can be in billions. And it looks like innocent because it's for a very short period of time, but uh, the volumes can be huge. And if that's not managed correctly and something happens in the middle of the day, then you can lose billions. Hmm. And does that cost a lot as well to, you know, to push this money back and forth? 
intraday. Yes, collateral management has its costs and has its own operational risk. And that's that's something, yes, that has to be taken into account once you start running a collateral operation. And I guess it means also that all these all these assets, they, they can switch owners, well, not beneficial owners, but uh, they're... Uh, well, uh, the, their owners w- several times within a very short period of time. If people are constantly reusing uh, these uh, these same assets, right? Yes, that's also considered to be a source of risk because if anyone fails to return the collateral back within this chain of reuse, mm-hmm. then the whole chain fails, and it can destabilize uh, the system. It becomes uh, very big. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, reuse is one of the concerns of regulators at the moment. We'll end the podcast here because uh, Petra is going to take us down to the warehouse where he's got some yachts and helicopters to show us that <laughs> he's taken as collateral, and uh, but no cattle. Right? That would be nice. I'd like to see some cattle, maybe something smaller, like a bunny or something like that. But those are, those are no good as collateral. So, Petra, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, to our listeners, um, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask about this issue, or any others, or if you'd like to suggest any other things that we should discuss uh, here, or if you'd like to just offer something as collateral, uh, then you can get in touch with us on Twitter at EIBMATT, E-I-B-M-A-T-T, or uh, at Alar Tankler, A-L-A-R-T-A-N-K-L-E-R, especially interested in um, in maybe some good wine as collateral. Mm. Mm. So we'll see you next week from uh, the European Investment Bank with a Dictionary of Finance podcast.